Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure. And just after 3 a.m. in the morning on 50,000 watts of sports power, 670, the score. And we're here talking Bears. We're talking sports, period. We're live on the air until 5 a.m. And you're listening to a Plumber's 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank. And it's not a game, Illinois.com. And don't forget, we have plenty going on today right here on 670 The Score. I mean, if, if you love football, and I know you do, and if you love Bears football, as hard as it is at times to watch this ball club play, we've got it for you. Dustin Rhodes. Pre-game coverage coming up at 5 a.m. The pick six at 6 a.m. You got Mully and Hall, of course, with Ole Krutz and DJ Moore and Brad Biggs. You got Bernstein, Holmes, and Brahimi, Anthony Heron, and Henry Burris, Dan Weeder, and then Parkinson Spiel with great Kurt Warner, a Hall of Fame player, Mark Grody, and Jalen Johnson, who unfortunately missed the ball game with an injury, and they really needed him against a horrible Denver ball club. I mean... I, I, I don't want to kill Denver by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you're down 28-7 on the road. You come back and win. So you have to have something left in the tank. But their defense was brutal, absolutely brutal. And um, the Bears just couldn't get it done. They couldn't execute uh, at all, especially in the fourth quarter. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. Pat is calling from Joliet. And, Pat, whether you want to talk about the Bears or you want to talk sports in general, we welcome you to 670 The Score. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. So, actually, two things I want to talk to you about. I'll try and be brief. I know it's a lot of Bears talk. Um, quickly with the Bears, um, I'm, I called you a few weeks ago. I'm a Packer fan. I'm not a Bears fan, but I just like to call and hear the takes on them and stuff. And uh, my my issue, my question with you is um, the Chase Claypool thing. Uh, and I remember last year uh, at the deadline, you know, the Packers were one of the teams that that was looking to get Claypool. And now I'm just kind of thinking my lucky stars they didn't. So it just seems like such a disaster and a circus with the whole Chase Claypool thing. And then Eberflus at the press conference day after was just that, that was a mess, um, you know, and then it came out. You know, that Warren came out and said, um, you know, that that's not what happened. They told him to go home. And yeah, it, it just the whole like thing was, of, yeah, it, it was so poorly players. handled. It was really yeah. poorly handled. And again, you know, the communication, it just isn't getting out the way it should be channeled, right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I don't get it. And, and I mean, yeah. I, I think, you know, what Justin Fields said that he found out in the team meeting. And, uh, you know, the Claypool wasn't going to be uh, active for the game. And, uh, you know, he wants Claypool on the team. I don't know. Based, I mean, listen, you always want players to be authentic. But, but as a player, you have to be very, very careful about going public with some thoughts about the coaching staff or how he's being used. You want that coaching staff to trust you. And that what yeah. stays in a room, you don't want a, a player to go to the media and, and air his dirty laundry. It's not, it's not good. It's not a good look. And that's why 
The Bears may come out and say, well, he wasn't active today because of his comments directed at the coaching staff. But as a, as a coaching staff, you can't have players voice their displeasure publicly about how you're being used. Even though he may yeah. have a point, you can't go public with it. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, that was my first question for you uh, was what you would do with the whole play pool thing. The other quick thing I wanted to talk about the Cubs just for a second, and I know you were talking about them briefly before the break, and diehard Cubs fan, and, you know, they they had a good season overall. But in my opinion, it's still, it's still a failure with what they where they were in September. You know, you know the goal was to c- compete, and they did that. I knew they I know they weren't going to win a championship. It's not that. It's how good they were going into September. September 6th, they were a game and a half out of the division behind the Brewers, and they had a a four-and-a-half game lead in the second wild-card spot. And to fall as far as they did and as hard as they did, and it's funny talking about that today, you know, you talk about crunch time. You know, the Bears failed in crunch time. The Cubs failed in crunch time times 100 in September. And that, that worries me that that team failed that hard with the guys that they had. And, you know, I like Ross too. Um, if he's on the hot seat this year, this off season, I'm not going to be mad about it. Do I think he's going to get fired? No. Do I want to see him fired? Probably not. Cause I like him, but I also think, I think it's a double-edged sword. You, you can't play that bad the last three weeks of September and, and miss out in the playoffs when you absolutely, there's no doubt about it. They should have been in the playoffs this year. And that was an absolute failure to not make the playoffs and to just completely die as they did um, in crunch time like the Bears yeah, did. You, you, no so, no question. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, the swoon this uh, in September cost the ball club a spot in the postseason. I mean, they, they couldn't win on the road. They lost 10, I believe, 10 out of their last 11 on the road. They, they couldn't get it done with their setup man to closer. I don't even know what happened as far as who was the designated closer, you know, but having said all this, you you know what? They can improve next year and they will improve next year. And they've got a really good farm system. And I'll tell you what, the infrastructure is in place. I like what they've done and they're going to do more. So I think the future is still very, very bright on the North side. I really do. I agree with you. And last point, that's all I want to say. I agree with you on that point. They're, they're in a good place. Their farm system is great. Uh, they All they really need to do is, is go out and get the pitching. You need to get a closer. I don't think Elsley is your guy. I really like Elsley as maybe your setup role or your seventh inning guy. You go out and you get a closer. You go out and you get bullpen. And you go out and you get starting pitching. And hopefully, hopefully, they can re-sign Bellinger. I really, really hope they do that. And Well, they also um, need another bat other than Bellinger. All right, thank you. Yeah, I got to run, but thank you again. You know, we we'll take your calls. You want to talk Cubs? We'll talk Cubs or sports or whatever. We'll also talk, obviously, Bears. People have got to understand. Yeah, September bad, bad month from mid September on for the Cubs. Bad, blown leads, left, right. I mean, you you couldn't trust this ball club even with a one one run lead. I mean, two run lead for that matter. But again, you have to understand something. This was a nine-win improvement from a season ago. Nine wins. If you ask most people, would you take a nine-win plus from a season to another year, they'd say absolutely and run with it. Having said that, because the way they just self-destructed in the last three weeks of the season, yeah, it hurts big time. Let's go to the phone lines, and let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on 670 of the score. Hi, Chuck. I want to get your uh, comments. Uh, you, you know, now we finally know that the first three games were not Fields' fault. It was coaching's fault. Now we know from this game that we have a quarterback. That's the most important thing to have in the NFL. So we got that. Now we got to get somebody that knows how to call plays. For No wonder he said he probably didn't feel good about things. I'm not being used properly. But he panicked, okay? And and the, the wide receivers aren't used properly. The play calling is is atrocious. And, and the general manager, we need to get rid of the coach and the general manager. He goes out, you don't draft a offensive lineman in, when you got a first-round draft choice. 
And why you not? Know you don't why, have why, a, don't, and, why don't you draft an offensive lineman? Well, you don't. Not, number one, you get you don't you get skilled players when you're that high. You can get an offensive lineman anywhere. It, it's second round easily really? or, or lower. Uh, okay, and then number two, that's mm. why we need to get rid of the the general manager. Also, number number two, the the play you don't do that when you know you need a defense. You know you need a pass rusher. You know you need run stoppers. And then he goes. So that's that's. We need to get rid of the general manager and the coach. We got the most important thing, a quarterback. I think today's game shows that. Now, we need to move on. Well, I'll tell you what. So you want to get rid of the GM? You want to get rid of the coach? Anyone else you want to get rid of? Okay, thank you. 312-644-6767. And let's go to Brian. Brian from Logan Square. Welcome. Hey, Chuck. How you doing? Good, thank you. What are you doing up right now at three fifteen in the morning? Well, I work at restaurants. Awesome. So I got home late. Yeah. And uh, I did wake up kind of late. I woke up. And I checked the Bears score. It was uh, twenty-eight to fourteen. I'm like, oh shit. Let's watch the game. So I watched the whole fourth quarter. So maybe I should have stayed in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went to hell. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was very, very difficult. I mean, I was ecstatic. It was 28-7. It was a gorgeous day here in Chicago. The fans were rocking Soldier Field. Everyone was excited. And then what happened? I mean, it was unbelievable, you know, with, with Fields fumbling the football. Denver goes on to score. And then one thing after another and another and another and here we are. We're looking at an 0-4 football team, a team that's lost 14 straight games, and they got a quick turnaround against Washington on the road. So, well, Chuck, I don't know because I went. To, I've been to went to six Sox games this year. Chicago White Sox, of course, because I'm a huge Sox fan, and we lost every single game. I was 0-6. So it's your fault. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's my fault. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> All right, I get yeah, it. Born in Illinois, born and raised, and I love the teams. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So my, the point I want to make is let's go Bulls. Yep. Well, again, Bulls we'll have right. the Bulls and the Bucks coming up Sunday, 1145 pregame right here on 670. The score leaving one line open at uh, 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. All right, so um, earlier tonight and last night, we heard from uh, Anthony Heron along with Ole Cruz, Patrick Manley, as they broke down this game, and it's really good radio, folks, on 670 of the score, really good. I think you're going to enjoy this segment right here on 670 of the score, and let's go to it right now. And my initial reaction is, they did everything you want to see from them, right? I mean, Anthony, even you would know the D-line was more disruptive, I thought. I thought they were getting the backfield. I thought there's penetration there. I thought there was a little pressure on Russell Wilson, uh, forcing him into quick throws. It seemed like Sean Payton was really even worried about the pass rush with all those screens he was running. So it was an interesting game to watch. And then Justin Fields looked totally in control. All the stats say it. But at the end, Pat, at the end, like you know, you need players. You need four or six plays to put that game away to win it, and you just can't make the mistakes they made at the end. Um, if we just talk about what happened, what we saw going into the game, should you fire Eberflus? Should Fields get benched? I think you got your answers to those questions. I think they played for Flues. <laughs> I think Fields showed enough improvement. Yeah, but, you know, I guess watching this game, man, I was like, wait, we're not the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> you know, when it was going the way it was going, and then the next thing you know, the defense kind of rears it ugly, its ugly head of not being able to get off the field in third down late in the game, and, and Russell Wilson does his thing. But to me, it's that you kick the field goal or not on fourth and one. And to me, if you're Matt Eberflus, and that's your defense, you kick the field goal, you take the points, and you say, okay, come get it. You know, those are my guys out there. We're going to win this game that way. I think that's a big decision. I think he made the wrong decision there, in my opinion. Um, just – Kind of shocked he did it and how he did it of having those guys out there on fourth and one then calling timeout and then going back out there. I don't know if he was trying to set up to see what they were going to run on defense, but I think you have to have conviction conviction in that point. Take the field goal, 
our defense is going to win the game today. And then you walk away a winner. But then the Bears did what they did, and unfortunately it turned out the way it was. Hey, guys, there's been, you know, because people tend to pay attention to the player aspect of it, of like how how the players are developing, how young guys are coming along, and especially Justin Fields for obvious reasons. And I've tried to remind folks, you also have a first-time play caller in Luke Getze and, and him seeming like he's got some developing to do there. And you have what I found to be the best the best game as a play caller that I've seen from Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And, oh, big surprise, it's coupled with the best game of Justin Fields' career as a Bears quarterback. I honestly hadn't really gotten to the point of really questioning the, the, the maturity is, I guess, the term I would use of Matt Eberflus, the Bears head coach. I had no problem with him not going for the initial fourth down. I tagged doing something on Twitter, Patrick, just kind of joking around yeah. about it. Mm -hmm. Final decision. I was just, I'm baffled by passing on the opportunity to take the lead late in the fourth quarter at home. And you've got one of the most reliable kickers team right now in football in Cairo Santos. But let's go back to you real quick, Patrick, because you were alluding to, to that decision. And I'm, I'm shocked. Matty Refluce, to me, hadn't been that guy to, to make what I thought was a pretty terrible decision like that. Yeah, I want to see his, his reaction, his response, to see why he did that. I would love to know why they went out there, uh, then called timeout. Um, I really want to know what he was thinking. I just, you know, being aggressive or whatever, hey, man, great. How about just winning the game? Make the right call to win the game. Give your chance, give your team a chance to win the game. So, you know, maybe during this post game, we'll hear some sound or we'll find something on, on Twitter or whatever, what he has to say about that breakdown. But I just think he made a, a terrible coaching decision. And Olin, you know, we've, we've talked about in the pregame show and everybody's being evaluated. And that's a big evaluation point for Iberflus with Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and, and that organization that, you know, people say, okay, he's a defensive coach, but he wanted to be a CEO when Alan Williams was here. But now Alan Williams is gone. He's a defensive coordinator, but he's still the CEO of the team. He's making the game time decisions. And I think he botched that one. Yeah, I mean, I really honestly couldn't disagree with you guys more. Here's where I will agree. I think, remember when John Harbaugh uh, went to Lamar Jackson, he said, do you want to go for it? What play mm -hmm. do you want to run? You guys remember that game. That's yeah, what yeah, I thought I he should have done. I thought he should have went to Justin Fields and asked him, because look, you're 0-3. The biggest question is, is this guy our quarterback? I'm going to walk up mm -hmm. to Justin Fields. i seen Justin Fields walk to the sideline and talk to Getsy about, and I, I'd like to know what he was saying at that point. I'd like yeah. to know what play he was asking for, because the problem I had was with sending Herbert right up the middle without an option of a quarterback read or Justin Fields on the run or Justin Fields moving around there uh, outside the pocket. I, I didn't mind them going for it there. I, I just think at some point, I was the, the thing that confused me is Big Ant talked about the first fourth and one. What confuses me mm -hmm. is if you go into the game with that attitude, then that's just your attitude, right? If we're going to punt on fourth and one, uh, then we will kick that field goal. For me, you should have been going from the beginning and then I'm going to set a tempo as a head coach, like Coach Harbaugh did with Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to walk up to my young quarterback and say, do you want to go for it here? Okay, what play do you want to run? And then I'm going to uh, tap him on his helmet and say, go get it, young man. Hmm. And, uh, oh, go ahead, Patrick. No, I just I, – I make, that makes sense. I mean, if that's that's a different mentality, right? So I think Eberflus just has a little different mentality of what he, what he's – what he's doing. You brought up the first, fourth, and one. Yeah, if you're going to do that, then kick the feet. Like, just whatever your philosophy is or your mentality is, stick with it. And, you know, I, 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 I agree with that as well, Olin. But you have to give, you know, I think Matt Ryan said it, you have to give him an opportunity to make the play. Justin Fields, he's the best player out there for the Chicago Bears. I think it seems to me that you get, you know, sticking with the, the fourth down thought. I think getting into the flow of the game as a coach. I can come in with one idea for we want to be quote unquote aggressive in certain situations in game, but you also have these first three games of information coming in. So that first one, all right, fourth and kind of a long two. Do we go for it? Do we not? Minus territory, near near midfield, but minus territory. I didn't mind him punting that ball, hoping to pin the opponent down on the first defensive guy because your defense has been getting gashed all season too. I think that in the flow of the game, once you see we are rolling, our offense is getting it done. It's the best game we've had all season. Then that's where I feel like it gets a little more, I guess, a little easier as a play caller, decision maker to say, yeah, I got faith. We can make it. You know, we don't necessarily need that punt and pin 
kind of mentality because our offense is actually getting some things done here. It, it just seemed to me like on that last one, that I agree. I, I didn't love. I didn't like the play call either, but it, it was a chance when Denver had become the team. We overused the term momentum, but they were certainly the team who was rising at that point in the game. They had everything going in their favor. Still got a chance to put Santos on the field and at least take a lead there to kind of salvage something uh, in that moment in the game. So there's there's so much to be questioned about how mm-hmm. how certainly the fourth quarter, how some of these decisions end up playing out in game. And part of what I was thinking about in game, guys, was just even the, the frustration I started to have thinking like, Three games in, and we're finally – well, now the fourth game, and we're finally getting to the point where it seems like Luke Getze is using the full arsenal of Justin Fields. And I know all three of us have talked about it with his last season, this season, calling him into movement, getting him on the go, changing the launch point over and over again. And I was trying to remind myself, if we get to post game and the Bears have won, not to be Mr. Negative about that. Like, why did it take this long to get to this point? But since they blew the game and they lost, I feel okay about being, you know, a little more Mr. Negative about that. The Bears offense and the way the quarterback was utilized, though, what, what stood out to you about that? Yeah, I I, I liked it, and but but a lot of me was I was I was liking what Matt Ryan was talking about. I I just want him a little bit more in this um, zone read, looking at the defense. The, uh, the wide receivers spread out, spread the field. I thought they were squeezing too much formations. I thought they were running out of a lot of hmm. – uh, with their fullback in the game, with two tight ends in the game. I want to see them spread a little bit more for Justin Fields, almost run a triple option type offense in the spread, which is the spread offense, right? So even though it was working and the crossers are working and Cole Komet coming across the field and Denver didn't look like they knew who to cover, um, still <laughs> when Matt Ryan kept saying that, it was, it was hitting that quarter, man. I actually wrote in my notes – uh, will they pay for this, right? And, and obviously they end up they end up paying for it. And, and you want Justin just to take the sack there. A couple of mental mistakes by Justin at the end, right? Take the sack. Uh, um, yeah. the, the intentional grounding. That's just uh, that that'll lose you the game. I thought him and Cole Komet were, were the, the uh, communication pad. I thought on a third down, Cole Komet's got to fight across that DB's face there and make that yep. catch there late in the game. And then he sits it down when he's got to again. Fight across the DB's face. Look, you're not Travis Kelsey and Mahomes. You can't freelance out there. If you're supposed to be across the safety's face or, or the linebacker, you've got to get across his face, right? So um, as much as the game plan was good today, rolling them out, booting them, it still was, guys. Like at some point, Pat, I was like, why are they under center just handing off straight dives, right? Why not give hmm. Justin Fields a read there? Why not get him outside the pocket, get him on the edge? That Some of that stuff um, – you're playing against the worst defense in the league, but you have to work on things like you got the commanders coming up. Like, is those straight dives going to work against the commanders front four? I don't think so. No. No, but, you know, I, I thought Getsy did call a better game plan, but we always talk about going back and watch the uh, All-22. Is how bad is this Denver Broncos really? You know what I mean? How many times the guys were running into each other, blowing up, blowing coverages, getting, you know, I got to give the credit to the O-line blocking so well for Khalil Herbert, but how much is this the Denver Broncos collapsing or was it Justin Fields taking that step and Luke Getze kind of figuring some things out? So I, I think that's the big question here. I think early we thought it was just Denver was that bad, but then they kind of figured some things out and were able to hold them a little bit. But I am I do want to see that tape to really get a true evaluation. Was this the offensive step game? You know, did they get better? Mm-hmm. 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 Definitely. Clips. I, I thought they definitely got bigger, better, Big Ant. I thought they definitely yeah. got better today. I thought they played better football. Yeah. It's a great Clips post-game show presented by Tullamore Dew. And just to, to stick with that topic, because the reaction, I would imagine it, because of the way the game tilted late in the way that it did. You know, I even I retweeted, you know, some of the writers like, all right, we might have a laugher going at Soldier Field. The Bears are rolling. Right, here's Justin Fields' stats. They're up by 21 points. Man, this is great. This is fun. Everybody's got a smile on their face. And then it shifted so much. And so there's so much that's worthy of question here with the result of the game. What do you think when we hear from Matt Eberflew? So specifically, the in-game decision will be something he'll 100% be asked about. But just the tone, now 0-4, but a performance that shows growth. And so 0-4 are nowhere near the results anyone hopes for, but where his message is about fundamentals, 
getting better every day, improving. What do you anticipate for the message that Matt Eberflus ends up bringing to the podium afterwards just for where the 0-4 team ends up sitting right now? Well, I, I, I think he's going to talk about the way they improved. Sorry, Pat. I, th- I think he's going to talk about the way they no. improved and they were in that game and offense did well. But I think he will talk about also on that fourth and one decision having his, his secondary depleted, right, and then putting them back on the field uh, versus Russell Wilson and all those wide receivers, right? You got Terrell Smith out there covering, which I'll be honest with you guys, they did a lot better job than I thought they would. Uh, they competed against yeah. those guys all day long. Like we talked about, that D-line – Got a little bit of pressure. I did like when they had some timely blitzes there by Brisker. Uh, Brisker came came out there and, and he made – they were getting Russell Wilson off his spot at least. But I don't know how that does not play into your decision that you got three or four backup cornerbacks on the field and it's fourth and one and can we get this? I, I think that's what's fun about coaching, Olin. Like I have a different philosophy. I would have taken the, taken the lead and said, you know, all right, let's see what we can do. You've done okay-ish throughout the game until the end. Um, and I, I think that's what's fun about, you know, what we get to do here is talk about, you know, breaking down the decisions and whatnot. And coaches have different ideas of what they would do to win or, or lose a game and how they're going to do it. But, um, yeah, I, I see your point there about the defensive backs. But, again, I just – I would – and me personally, if I'm on the opposite of you, Owen, and we're playing against each other, I'm kicking oh, yeah. the field goal and just kind of, I guess, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping the defense can, can win. But that's what's fun about it. You get to make these decisions and – what the fun part is, we're not paid to make those decisions. We're paid to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but but like us three right here, the interesting thing for whoever's watching this is, this is what's going on on the sideline, right? This is the think tank. Yes. Right? You're getting right. all those opinions, right? And it, and it ends with Eberflus. But you're getting all these opinions from everybody, and this is how your coaching staff should be. Because if you agree with the mm-hmm. guy, I don't need you here. If you agree with me every time, I don't need you on the field. But it goes to the point of you guys talked about how – um, Flues wanted to be a CEO, you know, Alan Williams was he's his most trusted confidant, right? He was his most trusted guy there on the sideline, and now he's not there anymore. So it, it just goes to this whole thing of, like we're saying, hey, man, I'm on the headset saying, hey, Pat, man, uh, listen here. I'd go for this. Go ask Justin what he wants to run. And, and we're going through all these scenarios and sure. what is best for our football team. And, and you're right. Like, like you shouldn't all agree out there. But it's an interesting look for whoever's watching this of what was actually going on on that sideline. Yeah, and great was, point. Yeah, before they got to that that actual fourth down call, when when they went out there and initially went with the dummy cadence, and they showed a sideline shot where Eberflus was talking to Luke Getze, and that was the first indication I kind of had. Where I'm like, oh, this might not. He might actually go for this. It, it really didn't cross my mind that he was legitimately going to go for it until seeing. Him and Luke Getzey standing next to each other on the sideline, having like a legit combo. You could tell that, and they both got headsets on. They're standing right next to each other, but their mouths are covered. Eberflus is leaning over towards Getzey a little bit. Luke is responding, and they kind of kept the shot on them together for a few moments. It's like, oh, he's talking to his OC right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's giving this real thought, man. And I mean, you know, like you know, Twitter is is what Twitter is going to be, or X or, or whatever now, but. You know, to, to have the folks who early on are like, oh, well, you got to go for that fourth down, you know, like Owen's doing right now, you keep that same energy regardless, whether you make it or miss mm-hmm. it, because I feel like our reaction ends up being results-based. If the decision doesn't work, it was a bad call. If the decision does work, then it was a good call. And the coaches don't have that advantage. They, they can't predict for sure how something's going to play out. They, they have to make these educated guesses. And that, that back and forth, that dialogue with Luke Getze there, it did look like, yeah, man, they're, they're really thinking about this. And he went for it. And I did feel like, Olin, that the O-line, especially in the fourth quarter, Khalil Herbert was running through contact. The O-line was beginning to really gain some momentum, not just via some of the misdirection stuff and outplanking the defense, but they were starting to move guys in the second half of the game mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like even with some of the success early, that the O-line wasn't necessarily moving Denver off the ball like they started to in the fourth. What, what were your impressions about that run game and how it progressed? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, man. I think that uh, they were moving guys off the ball. You can see why in this game, uh, even though, um, you know, the Denver's D-line is not great, 
you can see why they gave Nate Davis that money. He's a very, very good run blocker. You pair him with Darnell Wright and Mercedes Lewis. And that's a very formidable side of the line if you want to run the ball downhill. And I, and I, I tweeted out late in the game that Herbert is like one-arm tackle and keeping his feet from going to the house, man. He is. And they talked about how the Bears were saying that. And, Pat, we talked about in the uh, pregame show how you could see that on film, how you could see that Herbert is like one tackle away from going to the house, and they were talking about challenging him. But, yes, our offensive line actually gelled a little bit uh, today, and, and, and you can see, I'm sure Ryan Poles is thinking, man, we're catching all this flat. But you can see their plan if Tevin Jenkins comes back healthy and he can stay healthy and he can get Braxton Jones back and put Cody Whitehair back at center. Although, I got to be honest, Lucas Patrick has played pretty good there uh, in the middle today. He played pretty good. Even last week, I thought he was going to be a little bit of a prick out there, which I like. Which I like. You set a tempo. <laughs> you push guys after the play, right? I remember Chris Jones punched him in the face because he was pushing Chris mm-hmm. uh, after the play. Now, uh, sometimes you let sleeping bears lie, but you got to do what you got to do, right? You got to go after guys <laughs> and, and try to get guys and try to set a tempo, set a tone. So, so to your point, yes, they were running the ball. Um, Darnell Wright, too bad, playing a good game, too bad. They're holding call, keep your hands inside, and then just a bad angle on that last play. Just, you know, that linebacker was a little more over with the angle he took and shot that hole. But you don't know until you see that in NFL. We've all been through that. You don't know until you see an NFL linebacker shoot the A-gap on fourth and one. You just don't know. So these Bears are growing, and, and, and hopefully they can grow from this game. But being 0-4, man, Pat, it just sucks. Oh, it sucks. And what's 14, 14 straight now? Oh, and I think I've seen a few of those no-look pushes. Isn't that how you would do it? Like when you're walking off the pile? <laughs> you're, not, you're not looking at the D-line, but you're getting up off of them. You just oh, yeah, them you're trying to bug them a little bit, right? And then I remember yeah. uh, doing something like that to John Randall, and the guards are like, Olin, knock it off. Like, you don't got to block them on third down. And I was like, that is true, right? Like when you get in Warren Sapp's face, uh, your guards are like, knock it off. They, they don't piss off Warren Sapp. He's coming after me next. And another thing I like here, Big Ant, Mo, is, is that they ran the ball 31 times. We talked about it in the pregame that, you know, that's something they can do against this team. And they rushed for, what, 171 yards? I think one of those rushes you didn't like, Olin, was Cole Komet with the quarterback sneak again, who almost dropped the ball oh, when he's man. taking the snap from Lucas oh. Patrick, which is – I he guess he's play. got some stubbornness in him, doesn't he? He's got some stubbornness yeah. in him. Yeah. he does, yes. But I, I think they, they learned something there that, like you talked about, the gelling of this offensive line. This could be a strength for them going forward. You know, they can ball control a little bit more. And Khalil Herbert's running hard, man. He's running really hard. All right, great segment right here on 670 The Score featuring Anthony Heron, Holy Cruz, who you're going to hear again live right here on 670 The Score at uh, 7 o'clock. And then uh, Patrick Manley, also a member of that panel as uh, a lot of good things happen to the Bears, unfortunately, a lot of bad things happen as well. And the Bears remain winless at 0-4. Up next at Washington on Thursday, we'll have coverage, of course, right here on 670 The Score. And we'll be on the air at midnight until 5 a.m. following that uh, ball game right here on 670 The Score. The Bears have lost 14 straight games. And what happened in the fourth quarter? You have to shake your head after leading early third quarter by 21 points, 28 to 7. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a moment at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767 right here on 670 The Score where we talk Bears football, Cubs baseball, Sox baseball, Blackhawks hockey, Bulls basketball, and everything in between. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. until 4 o'clock. We're on the air until 5 a.m. right here on 670 The Score. Chuck Swirsky in conversation with you along with our producer, Tyler Farringle. We've got a couple lines open right now, and a lot of people want to talk Bears football. They want to talk about sports in general, whether it's the Cubs or Sox or Bulls or Hawks. But right now, the Bears front and center after losing to the Denver Broncos as the uh, Bears remain winless, they had a lot of issues in the fourth quarter, to say the least. You can pinpoint coaching. You can pinpoint execution from players and the quarterback. Bottom line, Bears still seeking their first win. Let's go to the phone lines, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. And let's go to Bernie from Northwest Indiana. Hello, Bernie. Hey, the great Chuck Schwarzky. I haven't talked to you for 30 years. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you you're this morning. Thank you. I thought you were doing Canada, uh, basketball in Canada or something. Uh, I, I did. Uh, this summer, I did a game of the week on TSM, which is the equivalent of ESPN in Canada. And it was the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Uh, Ten teams comprised 70% of the rosters made up of Canadian players and the other 30% of Americans and international players. And every week I would go to a different city in Canada and call a basketball game. Oh, man, I'd rather sit and just talk to you about what you've been doing. I mean, you know, what brings you back to Chicago? What what brought me back to Chicago? The Bulls in 2007. Oh, well, I'm talking about today. Oh. You know? Well, well, why you want to send me back to Canada? Is, is that what you're saying? Oh, come on. I'm just really kind of shocked to hear your voice. You know? Oh, you mean the, the, the shift at midnight to 5 a.m.? Right, right. Well, no, I mean, we, we have that opportunity. It's a platform for people such as yourself for live radio at, at uh, midnight to 5 a.m. instead of getting network programming, which is fine. But on Bears Football Sunday, you know, people want to talk Bears, and they want to talk live Chicago sports instead of, you know, hearing about the New York Giants-Seattle Seahawks game because really no one in Chicago cares about that game, and I don't blame them. I listen to Les and talk to Les for, you know, how many every year, man. I can't. Yeah. I'm older. I'm older than dirt, you know, so I've known Les as long as Les has known what new Les, you know, so. Yeah. So, anyway, what's on your mind? Nothing. I'm just, you know, this this Bears team is just disgusting. I have to even watch, you know, that the way they played football yesterday. They were, they looked like they were going to the Super Bowl in the first half, and I think in the second half they looked like they were going to the toilet bowl. Yeah. Well, again, you know, the it was it was just a bad situation, and I don't know how they recover from this, but they're going to have to on a very short week. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know that they can just, you know, move on to the next contest. A lot of times it's beneficial, but, you know, again, for the Bears, they find a way to lose games, and that is not a good situation for the culture they're trying to uh, make uh, at Soldier Field. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it, and I also appreciate you waiting 30 years to resume our conversation. 312-644-6767. That's 312-644-6767. And let's go to Dalton. And what's happening, Collier? And what's going on? Hey. Oh, no, to it. How you doing? Just hurting from that loss. Um, I want to talk about Justin Fields. He looks like his arms look like he's going to be a Mr. Universe contest. Um, the weight to kill your arm as a as a quarterback. His accuracy is off. He missed going mad in the middle of that field for the interception. That shouldn't have happened. Um, you're, you're talking about the interception. 
Well, in Fields' explanation, and we've gone through this over the last few hours, he expected Komet to go to his spot and sit down because of the safety's depth. But Komet stuck to the rules according to Fields, and so Fields said it was his fault. It was man coverage. He's supposed to do what he did. And according to Fields, this is a quote, I wanted him to just play football and kind of just sit down in space. That's the kind of why I threw it to a spot how I did. So Komet apparently ran the play the way the play was supposed to run, but Fields wanted Komet to, quote, just play football. So what, what's your interpretation of that when you hear that? Uh, he, he's still looking at Komet. You still, he's still looking at Komet. If he threw that ball, you, 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 you see it. It's tight. He saw him. Okay, if he didn't do what he was going to do, he still should have threw that ball to Komet. He had all the time in the world. There's no press on that play, I don't think. All right, do you feel the Bears have enough to turn this around, or do you think we're looking at a at a ball club winning two or three games? Well, I played I played twelve years of semi pro ball. It can happen. They can turn it around. They just got to put it behind. But uh, that, uh, the coaching decision not to go for those uh, fourth downs, you got to do that in football. You got to live and die. I rather die trying than not. So, so it, it is what it is. All right, thank you. All right, so again, a fourth and less than a yard, and that caller said, hey, I'm glad the Bears went for it. I disagree. I think you got to get the points in the field goal, especially from someone as consistent as Santos. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines, 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Speaking of Cole Komet, we had a solid game. Against Denver, seven receptions, a couple of TD catches. Let's go to his press conference with Cole Komet. Justin was throwing more to a spot. Um, we're both beating ourselves up about that for sure. So um, just something that, you know, we both got to get on the same page on. Were you guys surprised you went for it at the end there on fourth? No, not at all, no. Cole, what? For three quarters, what worked for this offense? Look like you guys really found a group that you hadn't found the first three weeks. What was it? Yeah, um, well, I think the run game was effective uh, in the first half. Really got going in the second half. Um, Justin on the move, uh, whether it was in the run or pass, um, they were still playing pretty soft on the edges, but um, you still got to respect his legs. And he was able to take some shots downfield to to Moon and, and uh, DJ, and um, that opened some stuff underneath for me. So. Um, it was clicking really well, you know, just in moving around the pocket and being able to break the pocket and do some special things. And, um, yeah, obviously we, we want to see a lot more of that, and um, we just got to finish these things out uh, at the end there. Yes, well, how, how, how devastating is a loss like this? You basically be having him hang pretty well. Yeah, it, it hurts. Um, it hurts, you know, uh, obviously a rough first three weeks, and um, we kind of found our groove there. And, we came out second half looking really good. I thought we had an awesome drive um, in the third quarter, and I think we just needed one more of those to kind of seal the deal. And um, we were on our way there at the end of the fourth, but we just we just couldn't get it done. Cole, what did happen with the after as you said that drive to make it twenty-eight to seven? Yeah. Did was there a let up on offense? Did they tighten up? What what did? Cause no, I mean I don't know if there was a let up. Um, I think we had too many penalties. You know, kind of the story for us so far this year. Um, that kind of creeps back in uh, later, in the, I think, in the second half. Uh, false starts, holdings, whatever it may be. So um, we just got to be more disciplined there at the end uh, so we can keep that clock rolling and, and, and keep the keep the ball going forward. Cole, Cole you talked about last week after last week's loss. You're a believer in learning how to win. Yeah. When, what is there to learn from yeah, um, I mean, really just, I know it's something that we actually harp on here, but uh, just our finish being better. Um, so I think that just comes down, I think it's that was our discipline at the end, like I said. Um, you know, too many penalties collectively, and um, we can't have those. And, you know, you can take the two, three-yard gains um, as long as you're not having those penalties. So, um, yeah, we got to be better there. We know we can be better there, and um, I think that was, you can, you can pinpoint 
one player or another play, but I think that's the difference between you know winning and losing today. Yeah, as I rushing as this one was, how do you try to take those positives out of doing some good things on offense? Yeah, I mean you take it, um, you take it, and you know we got a quick turnaround here on Thursday, so uh, you take what we did well and see how we can apply that to this game plan uh, against Washington, and um, we just keep chugging along, keep moving forward. Um, you know, obviously this is a tough loss, and especially in a game where we controlled. I thought the game for three and a half quarters, really. Um, so it's tough, and um, but but we got some resilient guys, so we're gonna get back to work here and um, look forward to getting a win on Thursday. Cool. When they decide to go for it on fourth and one, what's going through the offensive line? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we wanted that. Um, I think we just got to execute there at the end. It was there. The play was there. So uh, we got to execute, and um, we know coaches gonna do that ten out of ten times. So and and we, we're all for that. So. Uh, we just got to execute there at the end. Has he talked about that? About one absolutely. Two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's uh, something we want to put on our shoulders, the offensive line, tight ends, and fullbacks and running backs, um, especially how we were running the ball. We felt pretty good about it. And, um, again, just kind of comes down to execution at the end there. All right, so that is uh, Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears. And with more on the ball game yesterday against the Broncos, here's Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I mean, just, you know, obviously how the game was going. Um that's, I think that's what hurts most. Um, you know, we felt real good coming into the game. Guys felt great, um, you know, from top to bottom. You know what I mean? And, you know, obviously any time the floor of the game was how it was, it hurts. But, um, you know, we can't make no excuse for ourselves. It happened. This is what we faced with. And now it's time to continuously, um, you know, grow from it. That's what it's about now. Jermaine, d- defensively, you guys had pretty well locked up for two and a half hours. What happened in the, in the back half of the game? Yeah, we just let some things get away from us, man. And, you know, that's simple as that. Um, a lot of things we can learn from. You know, as bad as this hurt, you know, tomorrow's coming. Uh, so we got to we, we gotta put our head down, keep one foot in front of the other, and we got to continue, continue to learn from it. Um, no need now to, you know, retreat from it. You know, we would never surrender. We'd never retreat. Um, you know, our mind is, is faced on Thursday now. You know, it's going to be here quick. Um, can't feel sorry for ourselves. Nobody out here feels sorry for us. And, you know, that's our mindset. Um, no need to point no fingers, man. And, you know, now it's about still putting our head down and um, we're going to attack it. That's what it's about. It's an 0 4 start to the season. Would you say that's not defining up what this team is or who you guys are? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, you know, we showed that today. You know, obviously, it's no more victories. Um, you know, anytime you lose, it hurts. And um, that's what we're here for is to win ball games. Um, but, you know, I think for a, for a second, we showed what we could do. Um, we just got to finish. And uh, I think that's the message around, like, you know, we have great players on this team, great coaches on this staff, and we just got to continue to continue to work, not feel sorry for ourselves, continue to pick each other up. And through these tough times, man, lead on one another um, because, you know, we all feel the same thing, you know what I mean? But we can learn from things like this. Um, that got to be our mindset, you know, look at it as a challenge, you know what I mean? And when we wake up tomorrow, because tomorrow's going to be here quick, uh, let's get our mind ready to go out there and win on Thursday. I know you're focused on defense, but could you sense the groove that Justin was in early in the game? Yeah, he showed a lot of, you know, great things. Um, you know, obviously the groove that they had, um, putting up as many points as they put up. Um, you know, obviously football is the number one complimentary game. And uh, special teams, defense, offense, each other setting each other up. That's the main thing. And um, you know, defensively, we just got to figure out ways to get takeaways and, you know, get a ball back to him, especially when he's in that group. Jermaine, several of your teammates have said that this team just needs to learn how to win. What, do you, what can you learn from a loss like this? You know, I think, you know, whether you win or whether you lose, um, you know, the process is the same. You know, whether we come back, uh, we look at the tape, you know, take good things that we did, learn from those good things and say, you know what, this helped us out. And obviously in losses like this, it's in front of us and we can take those things that, that didn't necessarily work for us and be like, hey, this is what we got to learn from. You know, obviously when you lose, um, it's a lot more things that you possibly could you know, learn from. But it's the same way even if you win. You know, it's always things that, you know, that we could say, hey, this worked for me and I'm going to do this next time. And, um, you know, that's our mindset now going into Thursday. Um, <clears throat> like I said, we're not shying away from it. We understand where we're in. Um, you know, we understand that we have, you know, a lot of people against us. But, you know, when you're back against the wall, man, a uh, person is judged about how they stand up and, you know, go to war for, each, for their brother. And uh, that's what this team is about right now. That's what each and every one of us, that's our mindset. That's definitely my mindset. And uh, I never surrender. All right, that's uh, Tremaine Edmonds in his first season with the Chicago Bears. Signed a big, fat contract. He's had a solid season. 
uh, at the age of 25 from Virginia Tech, a former number one pick by the Buffalo Bills. Again, we have a full hour remaining right here on 670 The Score at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. And two questions I have for you. If you ran the Chicago Bears, what would you do? And think, put some you know, thought process into this. If you ran the Bears, okay, getting ready either for Washington or perhaps in the bye week, what would you do to improve this team? 312-644-6767. And the other question is, how do you grade Justin Fields' performance today? Overall performance, how do you grade Justin Fields? 312-644-6767. We'll return in a moment. This is Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 